Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Ultraviolet, and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater, and I'm very grateful to be able to speak today. Um, the first thing that I wanted to read um, was the daily reader, and this is just the 24 hours a day, um, but I'm going to just read it because I think that it really helps me, and it also connects to step six. Um, we compulsive overeaters are fortunate to be living in a day and age when there is such a thing as Overeaters Anonymous. Before OA came into being, there was very little hope for the compulsive overeater. OA is a great rebuilder of human wreckage. It takes men and women whose personality problem expresses itself in compulsive overeating and offers them a program which, if they are willing to accept it, allows them not only to get sober, but also to find a much better way of living. Have I found a better way of living? And then they say in the meditation for today, very quietly, God speaks through your thoughts and feelings. Heed the divine voice of your conscience. Listen for this, and you will never be disappointed in the results in your life. Listen for this small, still voice, and your tired nerves will become rested. The divine voice comes to you as strength, as well as tenderness, as power, as well as restfulness. Your moral strength derives its effectiveness from the power that comes when you listen patiently for the still small voice. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may listen for the still small voice of God. I pray that I may obey the leading of my conscience. And I don't know why I just felt very blessed to that this was the reading for today because that small still voice um, for me is that readiness that we talk about in step six when we're entirely ready to have God remove our defects of character is just that kind of voice in the back of my head that is probably coming from my higher power and that's very still and it's very calm and it's very secure and it just is saying to let go let be and just be um I'm that is something that I, as a compulsive overeater, have struggled to, to connect to. Um, early on in my experience, um, I've kind of I lost a lot of control of various circumstances in my life. Um, diagnosed with type one diabetes at nine years old, um, parents splitting and divorce, uh, transferring different schools. Um, trying to find my social group. You know, I, I was a dancer um, and I trained so hard and was very immersed into diet culture and body dysmorphia. Um, and so a lot of my, a lot of my compulsive eating derived from my fears and my fears to, my fears of not being okay. The, they say that in, um, step five or step four, that uh, most of our fears um, are rooted from the inability to trust that our basic needs will be met. And I've kind of dealt with that fear for my entire life. <laughs> um, 
whether that's, you know, with my diabetes or whether that's with just basic day-to-day things like, um, you know, knowing what I'm going to eat or how my blood sugar will react and how my body will react. Cause you know, growing up as a young woman is a huge journey within itself as well. And then add compulsive overeating and a chronic illness on top of that. It's, it's even more. (laughs) Um, And so with that, I kind of had to, you know, use the steps and learn through program how I can be kind to myself and be present with myself and not, not feel alone with that. Um, so for a lot of my life, I kind of have isolated myself and put my ego on a pedestal of being this overly ambitious person. And I would try to get a lot of stuff done and do the extremes, just doing the extremes. Um, and the food is what I took it out on. I would try to micromanage and control. So back and forth between restricting and then binging and restricting, then binging, restricting, then binging, and then purging and then restricting again, and then binging because I, you know, I wanted so much control. I wanted to have control. I wanted that feeling. Um, and what program has taught me is that um, I can really, I can let go of that. Thank you. <laughs> um, I can let go of that. And something that I talked to my sponsor about was this theme of return on investment. Like, and what are the liabilities and investments of me being in recovery? Because you get what you put in to your recovery and you get what you, you get out what you put into your program. Um, and I realized that the fourth, fifth, and sixth steps, those are some of the most, I mean, they're all important, but those steps are some of the most life-changing ones. And it is the most, step six is pretty much very life-changing in terms of like having the trust in my higher power, in my recovery, in program, in fellows, in sponsorship, but in myself too, to let go of my need for control, my pride, my hurt ego, my whatever, my, you know, self-victimization, like I could go on, but it really is a lot of that. And so what I've kind of learned is that it's okay to just be and to just acknowledge my defects, but and, and know that they're there, but not necessarily to make a judgment about myself on those defects, because that is just another defect, is judging myself for my issues and my problems. And in fact, that actually creates more of a problem because then I try to become more hypervigilant and controlling and, you know, managing food or, you know, compulsively eating as well, because... I, again, I'm, that's the perfectionism. Um, and so this morning I was, you know, I woke up and I was like, Oh God, I'm sharing today. I don't like, you know, my, I acknowledged my anxiousness and my anxiety was there, but I didn't have to, 
I didn't have to make a judgment about it. And the one thing that program has really given me is the ability to just acknowledge that, you know, I have a full moral inventory of defects and I have, yeah, like I have these things and I have this and I have that, but that doesn't make me, that doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't mean I am a good or a bad person. It just means that I am human and that I am like a lot, I'm like everyone else in program. And that can really be helpful, especially because my disease is so wants to isolate me. My addiction wants to isolate me. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of have all my notes out. So I'm just like, not, I'm trying to let go of like being so organized in my thoughts because then I won't actually say what I really want to say. Um, but yeah, and I also think that, yeah, it's, I'm at this point, like I'm graduating tomorrow. So I'm graduating high school and I over, I've been in recovery for four years. So I started my freshman year. I came into fall, my freshman year of into OA. I remember my home meeting <laughs> and I would consistently come back for four years. So I only have four years, but that's still something. And um, at this point, like I am, I can say that I am entirely ready. And then they, they say in step six, you know, a lot of people want to skip through step six really fast. Like they want to skip through it. Like, you know, everyone, everyone's ready to let go. But um, the more I unpack with my inventory and the more I unpack with kind of the relationships in my life and how it's cultivated my relationship to myself, my relationship with food, um, each day I get more and more willing to let it go, to let it go and to just be present. Um, I don't know if any of you have birds near your house, but I have a lot of birds near my house. And sometimes I just like to listen to the birds outside my house. And I'm not talking about euphoria because once again, like, <laughs> you know, it's not like I'm, you know, perfectly zen or whatever but it's okay to just be and to breathe <laughs> and to trust god thank you um and to trust my higher power um and that i don't have to put so much pressure on myself in program i don't have to put so much pressure to get the step done to do this to do that to figure out a food plan in like one week that's going to work for me and that's going to be set like that's not how it works like this my recovery is something that is life lasting and that is somehow reassuring for me because that means that I can always just surrender to it and I don't have to I don't have to perform I don't have to be I don't have to overachieve. I'm not, you know, I don't have to attach any of my hurt pride or my ego. Like, in fact, I'm just working on removing that, if anything. Um, and that's really reassuring. And that's really helpful. And throughout, like, the relationships in my life, 
and a lot of the time like during high school when I was binging the most um I definitely cultivated a lot of resentments and because I didn't you know my addiction and I were so close and I didn't want to take accountability for my eating problems and my hurt and my this and my my wounds and all that and um including like with both of my parents I'm an only child and you know I would sometimes have I these really heated arguments with my dad because he's also type 1 diabetic and I I've hidden a resentment towards him for such a long time because you know even though it was out of his control that I got it I still felt like I needed to take it out on someone or blame someone or something because I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't deal with it I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't acknowledge that it was just you know, this is how it is. And I have to trust God and the higher power that I'm going to be okay. And that I'm going to work with this for the rest of my life. Um, and with that, I'm able to kind of just release my resentments because holding on to my resentments is some, it is one of the most suffering things that prolongs my disease in both categories. It prolongs my illness and and my compulsive eating, but it also prolongs and prevents me, it prevents me from, it prevents me from being able to fully take care of myself, to know what it feels like to fully take care of myself. Um, And yeah, so I mean, again, it's just like a lot of, there was a lot of lack of control that I felt. And then those fears and that resentment developed from that. But now I'm a lot more able to, you know, with program, with the steps, with recovery, with my sponsor, with with meetings, with God or my higher power, I'm able to just let go and just be. (laughs) And I, I can actually learn how to physically take care of myself in a way that I have not learned at a young age um because when I was younger I I had to be really hard I or I didn't have to that's the thing I didn't have to be really hard on myself I thought I had to be really hard on myself because I was type 1 diabetic I'm an only child I have to figure this out I'm a dancer in training you know I have to get my life together like a lot of like rich pride like um I have to figure this out and my self-will was just like deteriorating and deteriorating year by year and that's when my addiction came in the most um and so with this it's like I don't have to be hard I don't have to be hard on myself about like coming you know coming to truth with my resentments or my defects of character I don't have to judge myself because I will, I, my, a defect of mine is overdoing it, is overworking, is constantly trying to strive. It's constantly seeking. And when I can just meditate, I can pray, I can call someone, I can talk to my sponsor, that need to just go, go, go just goes away. And I don't have to take it out on food anymore. 
and I can just be, and I can just be in my existence. Five minutes, five minutes left. Okay, thank you. Um, and one more thing too, is that with that, with the just simply being and just being ready to have like all these defects removed for step six, what I also like realized was that a lot of my, my like a lot of my thoughts and <laughs> negative thinking it's another form of self-deception to keep me in my disease um like what's the worst case scenario all my worry my fear my anxiety about what how my life is going to turn out how if I'm going to be okay or not, or why aren't things like this? And why aren't things like this? And, oh, I have to act now and do this right away, or nothing's going to get done. Like these worrisome fears and anxiety provoking like thoughts, this negative thinking keeps me so much in my disease, even if I'm on a food plan, because I'll get neurotic about managing my food plan. And I'll be like, okay, I have to calculate this, 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 because I have to do this. And I, you know, oh, my blood sugar went five points up. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> like, um, it's really that negative. Like it's so negative, <laughs> like it's so negative and constantly like, you're not good enough. That's the, that's what the, that's what the voice, that voice is telling me is like, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You, you didn't get it right. You didn't do it. You're not doing good enough. And it's like, wow, that is my disease. Because I, I would think that, oh, you know, I'm working my resentment. I'm listing my resentments. I'm de developing a food plan, knowing what my trigger foods are. I'm, you know, managing my blood sugars, all this. You know, I'm, I'm really recognizing what my issues are, <laughs> like all this. It's like, you know, sometimes I can get super like negative and like that's not what recovery is it's accepting those things and accepting that I the, 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 that my fears are there but it's not to make judgment or to attach a a narrative to that and that's that's like that's what I feel like is recovery is just simply acknowledging those things and being aware and then working through the steps to recover from compulsive overeating and from those buried defects um and to just live and to trust my higher power to trust that I don't have to be the one in control like I always I always say this but I'm not the director like my god is <laughs> And that is very relieving. I'm just the main character. My sponsor told me that. And like, I live by that because if I was the director, you know, it's not worked. It hasn't worked because clearly my addiction like rooted from that narrative. Um, and so, yeah, I just hope that, I hope that just the, the main thing that like, I want to express for this is that it's okay to just be and to just <laughs> exist and you know do and take care of myself and not judge myself and to not be so hard on myself 
with doing the work to be to be kind to myself you know to have boundaries but for for people who have self-criticism in the back of their head like all the time that that is one of the main things from the disease that you know needs to be acknowledged and you know eventually um handed over to the higher power because um it's it's not a self-criticism should not really be a tool <laughs> it's not a tool it's not listed in the book so you know it's yeah but um yeah I think that that's all I want to share but I just hope that you got something out of my share and um yeah here's to step six but also just kind of all the 12 steps but um yeah thank you